You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Go Plug Yourself. We've been talking to awesome people in Montreal since 2011. Just a friendly reminder that if you're going to be buying anything on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, uh, go to 9to5.cc first and click the links at the bottom or in the sidebar so that we get a bit of that money. Uh, f- also, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and enjoy the show. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. I think with you asking that question. I'm good. Walzer. Hey. We're back. Episode 163. I think this might actually be 104. I don't know. Just, you know. Let's just keep saying 104. Yeah. We're at episode 104 forever. 104 ever. Then now 104 ever. Uh, we're back. Now then 104. We just uh, we just finished WrestleMania weekend. We just, oh, we did. Future. Yeah, exactly. Man, what a card. What an upset. Victory. What an upset victory. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe that one he thing retained happened. him. Uh, tits all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It was super weird. Bastion Booger out of nowhere. <laughs> just From the grave. <laughs> From the grave. Weird. Uh the reason why I just mentioned wrestling ever so briefly was that we do have a man on here who's at least partially plugging wrestling and partially plugging improv and or is it, or is it scripted? This is scripted, but I'll plug whatever you want, man. <laughs> I'll plug the delicious ginger ale I'm drinking this right is now. Man, this is a man who bridges the divide between the, the professional wrestling sensibility and the and the performing art sensibility. Right. And does it all. Does it all. On his own. Right. No help from anyone. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the bio on my like show poster one day. I'm going to steal that quote from Walter. Does it all on his own. James... Twiggy McGee, everybody. Exactly. How's it going, guys? Are you guys I have, okay? So no one has ever helped like me. No, ever. many times, but James I like Twiggy it. McGee. Yeah, it's always a surprise because I never know how people are gonna Jimmy Twiggy, me. Jimmy That's Twiggy, cool. Jimmy James Twiggy McGee. Alphonse. I'll take it all. Third. It's all good in the hood. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I shouldn't have said it's so, all good in the hood. So don't think about it too much. Okay. But more importantly than the uh, the epic WrestleMania that we just all clearly watched, and yeah. we're, we're not going to spoil for you, listener. Yeah. Since you know you can have it uh, tonight, that we're definitely we'll, we'll get it, we'll get this out of the way right at the top because tonight Twiggy has a show. Yeah, uh, tonight I got a show. <laughs> it's a Thursday, April seventh at uh, Mainline Theater. Yeah. It's tonight. Tonight's yeah. the night. I wish I could say I knew the time. It's either eight or eight thirty. It's <laughs> really one of those two. Show like up for eight. Definitely show up for eight. Show for Maybe eight. show for seven, like forty-five. Worst case, have you can hang out in the lobby. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's nice, lobby beers at Mainline. So. Yeah, or have a coffee or like an herbal tea. They got nice couches there, yep. uh, and I'm. Gonna going to be doing a show as part of the uh, Solos Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be oh, exciting. Fun. Yeah, I'm really excited for Nobody's it. ever helped him ever. Exactly. Yeah, nobody's helped me ever, <laughs> so that's why this is the optimal fest for me. It's Solos on my own, finally. I've produced, broken free. Produced by Al and uh, Sophie LaFrance. Exactly, yeah. Those two are the bomb, you know. Uh, I'm so happy that uh, I'm able to, to do my uh, do my stuff on their, on their festival. So I'm there doing a one-night-only performance of the show that uh, I've been putting together, and it's called Le Merveilleux and Marvelous World de Bonhomme Caramel. 
I see. Yeah. It's a comedy with a bit of a bit of a dark edge to it. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm way more confident than I was the last time I was on the show <laughs> talking about my previous one person piece. Which was what? Remind that was uh, part look of the, this guy. Yeah, look at this guy from the Montreal Fringe Festival that people really seem to like. Uh, I remember that one. Yeah. It was I, just I, as good as WrestleMania, if not know? better. <laughs> I remember specifically I one remember man WrestleMania from that event. Yeah, it was you me, in a bathtub. Me in a bathtub, full of, naked full of naked. No, you, no, you were wearing the tux. Why did I think? Why am I? Well, some some of the promo pictures I'm wearing yeah, a tux. tux. Photographer was like, "Let's see what it's like if we take that tux off." And that's the one we used for the poster. Me with a bunch of naked Barbies. Right. Yeah. Have you still not? Cut your hair or trimmed your beard since then? No, I haven't. I've done neither of uh, those how long, things. How, how long is, are we up to? Like, how much time? Have, yeah, I haven't trimmed my beard or cut my hair, and I'll give you the date of the beard. It was October 30th, 2014. Hair, the last time I got a trim, I think it was, like, July 2014. So, uh, But your, I, be- your beard has kind of, like, reached critical mass, though. It's, like, it's, it's not horrible. But it hasn't gotten bigger. No, no. Like, I have buddies of mine who, like... odd. Yeah. yeah. Like, when you look at, like, DDR's beard, yeah. it's so much bigger than that, and he's only been growing it for, like, a few months. Same yeah. thing with, like, Pat. Pat yeah. only stopped shaving uh, Okay, like last so, like, if you, were, like, if you were clean-shaven, yeah. would you be, like, shaving every day, or would there be no need for that? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, a lot of times I think, okay, this is it. I'm going to shave. But then a project comes up where I feel like my image that I currently have is vital to the character. And uh, this upcoming show that's taken place, uh, Marvelous and Mon de Bonhomme Caramel, it's vital because I'm playing like a Quebec voyageur from the 16th uh, century. Okay. So big bushy beard, long hair, uh, kind of like looking like a bit of a garden gnome. Um, and that was of the style of those times. So every time I think about shaving it, something comes up. It's like I got to keep this look to keep the purity of the character, you know. So it's like my wife is has been bugging me to get my hair cut. Yeah, a little bit. and I don't agree with that. I like it right I now. I like it too. And plus, I think like I'm I have it in my head that it got that it helped me get a couple acting gigs. Well, Mike, so that's why so I keep it because getting... it keeps us looking <laughs> yeah, unique, right? Yeah. You understand what it is, like yeah. I, but I'm worried. Like I mean, it's gonna get to the point though where if it gets just like a little bit longer. Then it's, I feel then it might be a hindrance towards getting acting. Games. It might be, and I've never gotten a haircut. I've never gotten a haircut to make to you know to keep my hair yeah. looking this way. Like I, when I get a haircut, it's like everything goes right. Sure. Or just don't get a haircut. I've never done like so. That's going to be a, de- a very delicate. So now you're going to look to maintain this. I would. Yeah, I'd be okay with this. I think so. Yeah. I think that's the way to I go. Like the fact that I decided to ask like you and Pat to be my groomsman and you were like I'm going to stop cutting my hair and yep. Pat's like I'm going to stop cutting my beard and yes. I was like I have the best friends <laughs> too legit to quit it's just too like legit you, to quit Pat looks good though Pat, Pat, Pat looks good yeah, yeah yeah I know and, and he's also it's like and it's pretty tr- it's neat and it's yeah exactly like, well he's been maintaining he's good. been like he's been beard oiling and yeah like, well, I don't do I tried it I don't really like the yeah. smell of it but yeah, then it's like I don't really I'm not a huge fan of my current look but I recognize that it <laughs> affords me at least a certain Je ne sais quoi. Well, I know what the je ne sais quoi is. Like, people think I look like a madman or a lunatic you or whatever. absolutely out of your mind. Yeah. yeah, and I think it helps. You know, it's given certainly uh, a lot of exposure on stage, but also helps wrestling-wise because I'm able to incorporate it now with, like, the new version of good guy Twiggy in Battle War. But I also – Explain now. Ex- explain that. Yeah. Because it's fun It's fun seeing you come out and you, and you still – it's still the classic sort of – Twiggy outfit, yeah, so living on classic, a prayer, classic thriller. Twiggy ring gear and all that. Mm. But the, and 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 the fans are totally cool with yeah. the fact that you just have like this wild man hair. Yeah, yeah. Think, but just 
I'm just like in my head. I'm like Daniel Bryan basically did the same thing. Basically, though. yeah, but he wasn't that wild though. He was still like a technician. And I've recently because I took a break to heal up just a little bit. Yeah. So you've also so you're saying you've you've also sort of uh, tweaked the the in ring stuff a little bit. I think so. Like I've tried to play with the idea of being just a, maybe just a little more aggressive. Like the way I've always tried to explain my style is like I'm like a brawler trapped in a little boy's body. <laughs> now the little boy has a beard and long hair. So, like, I just try to find ways to let, like, the wrestling influence or be influenced by the way that I look now. Because if I come out looking the way that I do, I can't be super jolly all the time. There's still room for that. But I think uh, the wrestling yeah, needs like to the, reflect the, the, the beard, current look of it. The beard and hair have to, have to somehow yes. be like, in line with the personality. Clean, yeah. clean shaven Twiggy could be 17. Could be, you know, yeah, like, could like, be. You're like the audience are like, oh, he's a little boy. No yeah. matter how I look, it'll never reflect my actual age. So clean shaven, seventeen like this, maybe forty eight. <laughs> uh, now I don't know how this plays, how yeah. this plays into anything, uh, really. Uh, but I want to, I want to mention this. Yeah, it's, a, it's the last time I saw you, I think, and this is, this is a very funny anecdote from the last time I saw you. Um, I've, the last couple Battle War events yeah. I've been uh, emceeing. Of course, yeah. It's been, a lot, yeah. been a lot of fun. And I think the last one, you had a match up against you, – you went up against – I was against uh, Stu Corvus. Stu Corvus. Yeah. And it was – and I think you guys went right before the intermission possibly. We were second, second match. The second, second match? match, yeah. We were the Divas match of the night. Okay. The Divas <laughs> match, trying to bring things down. So, yeah. So And, then, and, <laughs> and I don't mean the Divas brings things down. I think their position you to bring things down. You were trying to keep down, the so. momentum at a at – a, Yeah, because we came out of an exciting match. We're like, we want exactly. to stabilize plateau things. that momentum. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, a, it's like a ride in a nice wave. Want to go in peaks and valleys. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more matches happen, and I'm like, by I'm at ringside. Yeah, intermission happens. I go upstairs. <laughs> I go upstairs, like to the fifth area, the upstairs deal, the locker room, the, the battle war sure, locker room, the battle war yeah, locker room. We're pulling room, the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, wide I open, folks. Even, Here it is. is I want to do terrible. it. I want this. We don't. We don't James, call it upstairs. And James walks by right by me, and in like a very sort of chipper tone, goes, "Whoa, man." I just, oh, I just, oh, I just, had, what was, oh, I'm fucking it up. I just had, almost had diarrhea all over that ring. Yeah, like, true. You know, uh, <laughs> and like, just like, and he's, yeah. fi- and I'm like, oh shit, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine now. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I still look like this. Yeah, you know? so and you're like, you, and we, what, what happened? You barely made it out of the ring. Well, yeah, you like I felt it a little bit before. <laughs> I had to, I had to go to the can before the match, which is not <laughs> uncommon. A lot of wrestlers have to, right? Uh, but it kind of goes away when you're out there. I think your body goes in a defense mode Clutches or whatever. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> but. Right when the match ended, it's like my body was telling me, like, look, defense mode is over. You need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So I walked over to Becca, the referee, and I told him the same thing. I was like, dude, how was the match? Which I will commonly do. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, it was good. I was like, okay, awesome. I really – I might crap myself. Uh, so as soon as I got backstage, like, I encountered a couple of people, and they were they wanted to talk. I was like, I don't have time. And I went <laughs> right, right to the uh, to the john, and I tried to pull my gear off, but I'd never gone to the bathroom right away after a match, and I didn't realize really? I was sweaty. sweaty and stuff. Yeah. It was like a real race against oh, time. Oh, man. It was like the bathroom version of speed. <laughs> <laughs> I used to I used to have real bad digestive problems that were – I'd have, like – like uh, I remember, there was one time it was Nuit Blanc. Oh boy! Like a few years ago, and I was like on the metro, and just suddenly I was like, "Okay, I need to go to the bathroom immediately." And it was like I hopped off at Lino Gru because I knew my friend was working an overnight, and his house was near Lino Gru, and was like running from Lino Gru, calling him, being like, "Open the door! I need the bathroom!" Wow. And he's like, "What?" And then like. It was John. <laughs> Got the John's like running says, my hey buddy, and just like ran into his like room. He went to John's to use the John. Defiled yeah. his toilet. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, sometimes you got to, man. Yeah. Like that bathroom at Foofs takes a beating the nights. I, I can battle worship. I, bet, I can. Yeah. I can imagine it takes a beating a lot of. Yeah, all, no, you but know it's what? not all the time. <laughs> probably our nights is probably pretty okay. Yeah, as opposed exactly. To like a Thursday night or you use like sort of like that that private bathroom or do you use, I like, use the private the private one. one. So that yeah. probably doesn't usually get the beating that that you the upstairs one. That's an open bathroom. On no, 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 no. There's another one. Yeah, okay. So yeah, like the performer one. But then like I realized like I'm gonna take a shower now. Like it was which is which is there's also a shower. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it was a night of, like, wrestling, and then on top of that, a really dirty trip to the bathroom warranted <laughs> a nice trip to the shower. And now everyone knows the exotic world of pro wrestling. <laughs> were you ill? Like, were you ill? Were you under the weather? Or uh, did you eat no, something questionable? I, think, I mean, I'm always eating questionable things. <laughs> uh, so this was just one of those uh, moments where it's like... It was uh, the threat level was high, and I went and I did it, and that's just that's just that's what happened, you know. Very good, wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, I just not, there's nothing that makes me happier uh, <laughs> m- more than a, a pro wrestling shit story. There's so well, good. you know, there's, there's so, so many, many of there's them. So yeah, many. everyone's got their own. Yeah, they're just they're just so great. That's like you know you hear like a lot of wrestling interviews. They usually cap it off with like any good rib stories, any, any good, good road rib. stories. It should be like you got any good every shit bath, somebody's yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you ever piss yourself? Shit yourself? Anyone ever pick you up for a tombstone? You just Unload right there. You Sid Vicious yourself. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> how old are you now, James? I'm 28. You're I'm 28, 28 okay. yeah. And you've been wrestling how long? I started in 2003. Okay. 13 Summer, years ago. Yeah, 13 years ago. So I think I just turned 15. I was actually looking at old footage now. Recently, rather, and I was so. Would you, would be funny if you were like huge back then. You were just like way overweight. Yeah, and I just, I just got <laughs> off my my uh, my child steroids and became a skinny uh, adult. But uh, you know, baby steroids. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to get your kids on some of them sometime. But uh, I was looking at old footage, and I was just astounded at how I look because we don't realize it when we look like a kid. Yeah. Until you go back when you look aged, uh, and I was just astounded that people were willing to put me over and willing to sell. It's just like they had no right to. So I had this weird like sentimental moment where I felt uh, really grateful for people doing doing really? favors for me in the room. Like I did a chop and that guy flew backwards. Yeah, and like, it doesn't make like, any sense. And I always had like this underlying like self-esteem issue of like I don't want to do anything that's that unrealistic. But then I think like even the stuff that I did that I didn't <laughs> think was unreal, like even like a flying headsers, like no, they could have just thrown me or whatever. Like me giving them like an elbow drop, they should have just stood up and punched me in the face. So if anyone's listening, I'm really I feel really humbled by it and I'm thankful for it, so thank you. So who are some of the people that like you what was your like first time that you were like uh, wrestling in front of like a good sized crowd? Like good sized crowd was probably my first match. So oh, I was wow. working for a company called MWF, which was called the Montreal Wrestling Federation. Uh, but they never ran in Montreal. It was always in Valley Field. Yeah. And this was like two thousand and three when wrestling, like indie wrestling was starting to get quite hot and their crowds were always super big, like a couple hundred people. So for like 15-year-old me doing uh, my debut was exciting because it's like, wow, this feels legit, you know? Like, Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was a cool way to uh, to enter the world of, of wrestling. Like, I would say historically, like, I really haven't had the, you know, I guess I'll say, for lack of a better term, displeasure of wrestling in front of a lot of tiny audiences. It happens. And, I, you know, I think every performer, whether you're a wrestler or comedian or you need to go through those moments where you work in front of shit crowds yeah, yeah, yeah. to realize, like, wow, you know, like, if I can make a small crowd of people react, like, 
wrestling fans and I think comedy fans, the fact that I've been afforded the chance to work in front of both now, are very much alike. The smaller they are, I think the less likely they are to react because there's those moments like, oh, if I shout something, yeah. it's, I'm going to feel yeah. insecure that everyone will hear it. <laughs> yeah. If I laugh more at that joke, in a, in exactly. Crowd, yeah. What does my laugh sound like? So yeah, I yeah. think, you know, whether it's wrestling or comedy or any type of performance art, like being uh, able to work in front of small crowds teaches you a whole lot that you wouldn't recognize. Because I think if you break into wrestling or whatever it is in front of big crowds, the second you have that moment where you're like, oh, wow, there's nobody out there. What am I going to do? It just forces you to try to work harder and kind of guide the audience with you, you know? Mm. Man, this got nice and real. I like it. <laughs> Therapeutic, yeah. man. Therapeutic. So to flip that back to yeah. your show tonight, yeah, it's going to be a one-person show. Yeah, big time. And you're a voyager and you're uh, looking for Benham. I feel that uh, like when you say Benham Caramel, yeah. I really just think of caramel getting in your beard and it becomes a worry for me. Yeah, Is well, that... you know what? We might see caramel <laughs> in my beard. <laughs> it's so weird. Ever since I've been writing and promoting the show, I have a hard time saying caramel in English now. I always say it in French like caramel. Um, you could say it like the weird American way, like caramel. Yeah, oh. it's but hey, uh, I want everyone to come and see. Uh, but I'm caramel tonight. Oh, no. Caramel theater, caramel, uh, caramel man. Uh, I'm just like, kind of envisioning like sort of like a bonum carnival. Melty and gross, brown like and that. melting. Yeah, well maybe that's what it is. You gotta find <laughs> out. Will I be covered in an unknown brown substance tonight? But like I, uh, when I came up with the name, it was all just like off the cuff joke, and I thought like there's something to this name, so I started trying to come up with ideas and I was working with a good friend of mine who's like a, a really fantastic actor and writer and improviser in the city, uh, Brent Skagford, and he helped me develop the story of Bunum Caramel. So basically the basis of the story is he's uh, a children's show host, like in the same vein of like Fred Penner, Mr. Dress Up or Mr. Rogers. So oh, yeah. this is basically a children's show, quotation marks, in front of an audience of adults right. tonight at Mainline. So he's got all of his segments, and it's kind of rooted in all of these things from, like, that time period in Quebec. So he's a trapper. He looks for animals. He has, like, a forest that he calls um, uh, the Forêt d'Imagination. Um, he's a total, like, Quebecois guy that talks in English. Like, the basis of the show is kids, if you imagine it. English kids watch the show to try and learn about Quebec, but okay. also French. show is 99.9% is in English, though. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, what teach, like, if you can, yeah. teach Walter a lesson about that, like, Benham Caramel would teach. Well, basically, like, Benham Caramel's main mandate, like, the basis of his show is to uh, teach kids to believe in themselves and to and to love yourself, and that's something I think as an adults we should embrace a lot more, especially believe in, believe and believe and love, love yourself. yourself. Like, uh, well, I well I can usually only do one at a time. You know, it's that's why we <laughs> got we got to try and do both. So he gives a lot of advice, uh, which are you know, which is like prompted by you know uh, questions asked by the child audience and stuff like that so the main lesson is to be able to find like confidence in yourself to carry on in life and then maybe who knows maybe he'll have a struggle of his own and are you doing other improv segments or so you're are you gonna take like live questions oh, this is the... this is like full-blown scripted uh i'll always implement moments of audience interaction in my well, thing is if you're asking the kids like yeah, a question, yeah, yeah there's gonna be some amount of like even if you have yeah, a scripted thing like... absolutely there's gonna be like call and response with the right. audience and stuff like that and a lot of times like even when i was doing my friend show last year i did six of them there was no show that was exactly the same yeah. because i i really feed off trying to play with moments yeah. um so yeah it's gonna be interactive it's not gonna be anything too heavy no one's gonna have to 
jump on stage and dance or whatever, but if the feeling strikes, maybe you'll have to. Next time somebody accuses me of, of having a lack of consistency, I'm just going to tell them that I like playing with moments. <laughs> well, you got to play with moments, right? You have to play with moments. Walter, what happened to you there? Well, that's like, like, thing. that's my was... main lesson to the kids is you got to play with moments. you got to play with moments. And Walter, the lesson of Walter and the kids, you got to play with moments. Yeah, anytime, anytime you like, if you, especially if you have like wildly different sets, like an early and a late show. Yeah. Thing, like, what happened, buddy? You know, I, I just love playing with moments. I was just, I was just playing with and the no moments. one, no one's ever gonna fault you for that because it's something that they should be implementing into their life. The moment was me being real mad at the front row. Well, <laughs> you gotta play with that moment, right? Ask them, hey, what's going on, guys? Are we okay? Like, are you mad at me? And then maybe you'll create a moment. Yeah. So real quick, how much are tickets? Just tickets are gonna be fifteen dollars, but since it's a festival, uh, there's six there's nights like of shows. Pass. I think exactly. Yeah, I think there's a pass, um, but I know that for sure you can do uh, two show for one deal. So I think okay. you can do two two shows for the uh, price of twenty five bucks. And and that's that. So there's a whole bunch of shows going on. Uh, a good friend of mine, Mark Roland, has a show that's going to be completely silent. So he's like a, a mime specialist. So he's going to be doing a show. Right, I think I know of Mark. Yeah, 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 so he runs the Montreal Improv. Right, yeah, 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 Mark. Right, yeah, sure. he's the bomb. Uh, another good buddy of mine who's a writer, improviser, uh, Vance Gillis, has a show where he plays like nine characters in the span of uh, – span of an hour and it's about like the world coming to an end and all these characters that uh, you meet throughout the uh the apocalypse but yeah my show will be april 7th tonight thursday tonight. at mainline theater eight o'clock 15 bucks or you can do a deal two shows for 25 I've promoted all the other shows. And what is this about? Like the third year now that uh, that Al uh, and Sophie are doing. This that is, solo I think, fest? yeah, they're going into the third year, but this is the fourth fest. I think they they're doing two fests a year, so April one in spring and then November one in uh, cool. one in the fall. So much. We should uh, do a solo show, even though it makes no sense if we, the two of us did it. Yeah, Keith, I feel like <laughs> but maybe it's up to you guys to break the mold. You know, if I get, but because only one of us are ever on stage at a time. I went to uh, take that. <laughs> Al's wedding, yeah, in the fall, the, yeah, bowling, the bowling alley. alley. Yeah, were you there? No, I couldn't make it. I was working. Damn. And so I think the other thing that Twiggy's here to talk about is uh, that you you have plugged this before. Yeah, with uh, Giant Tiger. Yeah, friend of the show, Giant Tiger. You guys have been running Battle War for four years. Yeah, it's been four years that uh, things have been going strong, and I think things are right now at their best. You know, um, well, specifically the four year anniversary is coming. Exactly, yeah, the four yeah. year anniversary is coming up on Sunday, April seventeenth, at our home at Fafuna Electric. Nailing those dates, you got to nail those days, <laughs> man. It's important. Uh, I didn't nail the time. Of we my get people solo come show. on here. We get people come on here sometimes. They don't know what the fuck is happening. Well, I had that moment earlier, and that's that was why fine. I had to load that up was, Facebook to get <laughs> to get that plug in that it's eight o'clock tonight at Mainline, but Sunday. April 17th, April 17th. Fun Electric, right. doors open at 7, the show's at 8 o'clock, we're celebrating four years, uh, it's going to be a really exciting night, uh, sentimental, I hope, maybe if some people cry, hopefully for good reasons, like, oh, that was a really special night of pro wrestling, I liked how that body slam looked. Um, I don't know. Well, you just well, you had you, you just had a sentimental one last month. Yeah, we had a sentimental, very sentimental last one. one. Yeah, yeah, we said uh, goodbye to Dirty Bucks Belmar, uh, unfortunately, because of uh, some physical ailments that he's going through. He's called it um, a career mm-hmm. as it pertains to wrestling. So he came out at the end of the night, said bye to the fans, reappeared later on in the night helping. Uh, it was real nice. It was, real it good. was, it was a, it was a great moment because yeah. we don't see that a lot in wrestling where things get somber and it doesn't feel like, oh, is this scripted? Were they told to say this? You Not know? a dry eye in the it's house. It's true. So you saw, that, you saw that gift that I put it on Twitter. You didn't comment on it. It was like I, I, I had a gif. 
of Bucks' thing, and it's just, I think you're just like wiping your hair out of oh, your yeah, yeah, face, yeah, but yeah. it really looks like you're like Whoa. I wipe my hair out of my face a lot. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's just like it's it's while Bucks was like yeah. throwing up a little heart sign to the crowd, and it looks like Walter's in the background just like tearing up. It's you great. got to share a moment <laughs> together in gift form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but like from where like from from my vantage point there on the stage, and I yeah. could look around and see like you had like the perfect viewpoint of seeing I, all these people a lot of just people engaged. just and and just yeah and just like openly crying. Yeah, well, yeah. it was crazy because I think like. Uh, when I think about it, like, man, it's, you know, you just mentioned four years. It's like, how did that time pass so quickly? And just the, I don't know if anyone is connected with an audience in battle or like Bucks mm. has. They like, loved him. His character is yeah. so engaging. And I think yeah. it's because the audience is able to recognize that there's like truth in his character. Yeah. I think every great wrestling character is rooted in some form of truth. Like, you hear these guys talk about, like, their interviews and, like, Stone Cold set the trend where he's like, oh, my character's just me, but turn to 11. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, my way of thinking about it is, like, audiences, like, sometimes I don't think wrestlers give uh, wrestling audiences the credit they deserve. It's 2016, and wrestling audiences are not stupid people, you know? They can well, tell. Well, some, <laughs> there are just some stupid people exactly. in the world. I think wrestling audiences, from watching it so much, at this point, for the most of, most of their adult lives, are able to recognize when something in the ring is coming from a place of honesty. And I think yeah. that's what they connected to with uh, Bucks Belmar. Is like, man, that guy is real. What he's doing is real so that's the i think for me the reason he got that reaction that he did at the end of the night it was so great to share that moment in the ring where he was celebrating with mitch thompson who just won the belt right yeah audiences yeah. Loved which also kind of came out of nowhere yeah right? it was a huge shocker you know big magic is yeah. an incredible bad guy just an incredible yeah, bad guy dethroned. so to see him lose yeah. be dethroned was a great moment so they uh, serve for mitch who's again a good good guy and yeah and is great in the ring but again, you know, like uh, he's he's a little bigger than you, but doesn't, yeah. doesn't really again doesn't really have that huge of physique. Yeah. But like he's he's great in there, so it's, it was it was it was nice. It was cool. Very certainly unexpected to see. Yeah. But a little comeuppance from Bucks also, because it was Big Magic that took the belt off him, right? Exactly. So here we go. Then, Call back. Yep. Well, they're not good stared blankly. There it is. <laughs> You're like what? There it is. Exactly. It really, I think it could like put like a nice, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, Period mark at the end of uh, Dirty Bucks' time in Belmar. Uh, Dirty Bucks, Belmar's time in Battle War, yeah. but I'm well, sure that's he'll the other be thing too. The, the venue, like Bucks and Fofs, worked really well. Those, like just, yeah. just like as a as a the whole as a as a package deal. Like, they like Bob's together, like, I saw, PB and J, I, man. Yeah, exactly. That's how I've seen Bucks wrestle in other venues yeah. and stuff. But it's like there's something like the character also just yeah. fit the venue super well. And like you, obviously, the Battle War fans are a little. A little different than a lot it's of... It's such an eclectic mix. Because yeah. like, we see some classic Montreal wrestling fans there. Yeah. But then you see a lot of people that like look quite sophisticated, too. I see people <laughs> of varying ages at our shows. And I really like to go down and chat with everybody. And the conversations I have, there's no... Uh, conversation that's one and the same. It's yeah, like yeah. people will be like, oh, so I love that match. And then someone will tell me, I really love that one character, you know, the way they connect to the audience. So just getting all of this opinion yeah. from all these different people is so cool. And it's really gratifying uh, to know that, or at least hope that we're putting together shows that are touching people yeah. on some emotional level. And I really hope that we're going to be able to do that on Sunday, April 17th. April 17th. <laughs> Fun Electric, Battle War 34, the four-year anniversary. Got a whole lot of crazy matches can coming you, up. Can you preview that card at all? Or is yeah, it? absolutely. I can do that. So we got a, a really incredible rematch coming up from 
probably one of the best Battle War matches of all time. It took place in uh, November of 2014, so it's going to be the return of Speedball Mike Bailey taking on Travis Toxic. Oh wow! And those oh, I, dudes, I, oh yeah, it was that, a stellar that's match. The one we talked was that yeah. not the one we talked that's about where, uh, where where Mike messed up and hit his heel and then dropped on his head, right? I Possibly. Feel, I feel like he did, he did something to the outside, and on his rotation, he hit the heel. On we, had, we had Mike on a few episodes ago, and, yeah. and we brought we we talked about a specific incident. Yeah, that, uh, I think that might have been that. Yeah, it was well, incredible though. I hope yeah. he doesn't recreate no. that injury, yeah. but I hope they're <laughs> able to recreate and surpass that sander that they set because people still talk about the match. So that's gonna yeah, be exactly. The bomb, that that know? was uh, we brought my uh, one of my buddy's friends' girlfriends. That was her first ever live wrestling thing, and she was she was really into that match. Yeah. And then that, the, the spot, like, she was just, like, like, well, the spot, like, the botch, I guess. Yeah. Like, she was, like, oh, my God. Like, cause she was, like, so invested that, like, it the injury, like, was it, turns out he wasn't, he just basically said he wasn't really injured. He just kind of, well, yeah. he had his he, was, he finished the match. He well, finished I think the, it's one of those moments exactly. where if things don't go the way you hope for them to, yeah. bleed that into your match. Yeah, let, yeah. Let, let it, let it work. Like, that's it. Like, like, she, well, that's she wasn't, really cool. she wasn't necessarily, like, I mean, like, yes, she was obviously concerned for yeah. Mike's, like, like safety and stuff, but she was like, but just so into the match, and yeah. then that happened, and she was like, "Oh my god!" Like she was like, just like it was. Those reactions yeah. are so great. Seeing people come for the first time, like when people say, "Oh, I've got a friend in the crowd. It's their first show." I like to have them point that person out to me so I can watch their reaction. <laughs> so I think uh, that match is going to be something people are going to really lose their minds over. Uh, in addition to that, uh, this is a big one: Battle War Tag Team Championship. It's going to be on the line. The uh, fairly new tag team champions, uh, the Tabernacle team, going one on one with the reuniting on of two. the Rock and Royd Express. Frankie the Mobster and myself, he's going to be there to come in and clear house after I get my ass handed to me. <laughs> what are you saying? The re- that's re- kind of your strategy. That's my though. thing. You guys <laughs> weren't. You guys weren't ever actually separated. We were. You there were? Were, we lost uh, last year in January a match where losing team needs to split up to uh, the Tankman. So we were gone and I was I was MIA for a while. So Frankie went off. He got mixed up with Shane Hawk. I came back. I got mixed up with Shane Hawk. So no, we're yeah, putting so it back yeah, together by popular demand. The popular fans demand. wanted it right. and the fans yeah. are going to get it. It's April wonderful. 17th, Rock and Roy back together looking to take those tag belts. I'm looking to avoid a beating. I guess there I'm was there was fail. a there was like a one year stipulation on the team breaks. It was just it was like <laughs> it was, maybe it was one year. You have to talk to the officials, but the fans Statue wanted it and they got yeah, it. Exactly, it's like it. it's like this is like Slash and Axel yeah. getting back together. Maybe things are going to work out. Maybe not. If we win those belts, we're gonna we're gonna ride the high. But the match I'm really looking forward to, it's like a year in the making. This is a grudge match: Giant Tiger versus Mike. Patterson. Oh, oh no. that's a that's a pretty big deal. It's big, you know. Especially now, Mike Patterson's on TV. Yeah, he's on and, TV and, again. And, he's know, all and, over the place in those and the, RSP commercials. And there's all the and there's, there's it's gone know, to his head. Everything, well, you know, everything that's happened in the last few events with with uh, with the, the, the emergence bullies. of Karn. Yeah, the, and the emergence Giant of Karn. Strange brother, the the demon, the demon Karn, Karn controlled by zombie? a salad spinner. They got bad. They're on the same page now. The, yeah, the destruction they're, brothers. Yeah, they're the brothers of the destruction brothers. Yeah, the brothers. destruction yes, brothers. Me, right. They uh, they got together last show. I didn't so. know. I didn't know GT could resurrect the dead. You know what? He's a man of many talents. You know, he's <laughs> done it all. So um, he's been on with you guys. I don't, I don't even get surprised wild anymore. Stories. That's yeah. a tame one. I yeah. think that he's like, yeah, I brought my dead brother that he killed. Yeah, back yeah. to life. Yeah, he so brought him back so quickly. There wasn't any ritual that we saw just, or anything. Just as no. the good tiger giveth. You know? yeah, well, exactly. I heard he was just out by um, 
uh, a grave site just with a salad, salad spinner. spinner. He had various salad <laughs> spinners that he was mixing up until he found uh, the, until he found the, the right one. one that worked. You know, it's like uh, you know in Freaks and Geeks when Neil he finds like the uh, the garage door opener. He's yeah, yeah, to yeah find. he just he goes, goes around. around the guy who's yeah, yeah. having an affair with, with his, his dad. It's, it was just like that, but wrestling. Yeah, and it was a guy in a mask. Right. Just like, just like that. <laughs> All those things. So that's Battle War as it is. Someone right really now. needs to film that segment. <laughs> well, you know just, what? Just tag her in a maybe graveyard gonna, with Maybe it's going to be found footage that we release, but it's going to be a sick show. Battle War Championship. Should we expect for Mitch a rematch uh, between. Uh, we're going to see. We're, we're going to we'll see what it unfolds. Okay. Are G- right. GT and Karn going to be able to stay on the same page? I don't know, but I know that uh, <laughs> will, Sunday, April 17th. Will the destruction powers implode? Who you, knows, man? <laughs> it's going to be a wild night at the four-year anniversary Battle War 34. You guys have any uh, any guests coming in, or are you going to stick to the uh, the Battle War We're, roster? I think, you know, uh, right now, I think the main attraction is Battle War itself with the, that main roster. And right now, I think it's as deep as it's ever been. Guys like Frankie the Mobster, Shane Hawk, and now the emergence of Stu Corvus, who's a really tight ring technician. Tabernacle team, Big Magic, Giant Tiger, Mike Patterson, who's bringing that energy, Salty Bullies. The new tag team that challenged the last event, the Strange Bulls. Strange Bulls. Real those guys team. are upstarts. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, it's really fun to watch them take a beating. So yeah. they're going to be on hand. It's going to be uh, a really crazy, crazy night. And then just in addition to that, all the guys that we've got uh, who are coming in and just uh, lighting, it, lighting it on fire every show. Travis Toxic, you know, I can't wait. Things are exciting, man. It's going to be, it sounds like a good card. Everything's good in life. Like like well, everything's okay in life. <laughs> everything's great. You should get that on a t-shirt. Don't correct yourself. Twiggy shirts. Everything's okay in life. But everything's great. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. It, take it day by day. How about that? Yeah, take it day it. by day, everybody. Listen, believe in yourself. Love Always yourself. love yourself. That's it, man. You, you were go. here when I spoke to you like almost a year ago about my first show. Yeah. I was at an all-time low confidence-wise. Yeah, you were uh, – That really usually rough. happens in the build-up to Fringe. Yeah, right? <laughs> I've noticed. And that's what I wanted to change going into this Solos so Fest. Why so am I right doing now, this? I don't know what I'm doing. I shouldn't be doing I this. should be at the Fringe tent. I, I should, should be at the 13th yeah. hour. I should be rehearsing. Yeah. I didn't do any of those things, <laughs> and everything turned out okay. Was everything was okay. But now I'm scared. I'm so positive about this show that's taking place tonight that what if it? I get the reverse, and it sucks. But no, then it's not going to suck. How could it possibly? You're right. It won't suck. <laughs> it's it's going it, to rule. It, that's, you know, last time I was like, it's going to be okay. Like, yeah, if you guys want to come, I think it'll be all right. Like, maybe you'll have fun. Tonight, I'm putting it out there. La Mervia and Marvelous World of Banam Caramel is going to rule. How long is the show? It's an hour. That's definitely it's an hour. Really it's going to be like 45 minutes to an hour. Al asked me for 50 minutes. I'm aiming for a hot 45. Hot 45. That's hot a, 45. That's the way to do it. That's it, man. Do you have a time check, Keith? Uh, we're at 5.12. 5.12, cool. So uh, about t- two hours and 45 minutes till James goes. Till show time. Till show time. Do you, you want to hit uh, five questions? I realize that they're in the bag. It's not too early for that? Uh, we're at 33 minutes on the thing. Let's do yeah. Let's do five questions. Yeah, I like to give to very descriptive answers, and so we'll give we'll give Twiggy plenty of time awesome. to, to. Yeah, I'm gonna try to see if we could do them. Can we do them from memory? Okay, I nope, I can't. Right, give me a second. Give me a second. Just we talk, talk to you for a second. We had a live hundredth episode spe- spectacular the of other uh, while back. Yeah. Uh, after and uh, we we introduced a new five questions, but we were uh, drinking pretty heavily during that segment. Yeah. And uh, and thus it has not yet stuck to memory. I well, you know, I everything comes with time. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither was five questions. Yeah, this is our, th- and this is now our, our third batch of five questions. But when you think about it, three is not a lot. It's not a lot. What? It's 
It's not a lot of time of doing it to get into the groove. I think you're being too harsh on yourself. We're, if, we're definitely not them? being too harsh on ourselves. Uh, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Key? Maybe I lost him. Oh, this will be fun. That'll um, be cool. I remember no, no. one of them. No, one of them. One of them is what are you scared of? That's the one I remember. Yeah. What are you scared of? What, what am scared I scared of? of? We're going to need another 30 minutes. What am I, like, scared of? Uh, I get really scared of uh, performing and letting people down. If I feel like people have set, like, really positive expectations for me, and they're like, you're going to do great, it's going to be awesome, I find that scary. Uh, Disapp- yeah, the fear of, yeah. The fear of disappointing. Well, you know how it is, man. Like, we have this art that we struggle for, and we try – we punish ourselves for it so much. Like, oh, well, at least I do, you know. Oh, no, I'm a fraud. No one's going to like this. And then when you hear people liking it, it's like, how do I live up to that expectation? So that's probably you, you my greatest, like... greatest fear of, of disappointing people but di- and disappointing myself and feeling like I'm not doing what I'm capable of doing. That's my biggest fear. I would always be, like, I guess terrified yeah. of, like – like, performing is one thing, but then, like, when someone's like, I'm really excited to see you perform. Scary, dude. I'm like, that's worse. I'd be like, yeah. fuck, like, now you have this expectation. Because they're like, coming specifically for you, and yeah. you know that they'll support you either way. They won't tell you if it's the shits or not, but there's a, you know when your friends are there, your family's there, you can tell the difference after a show when they're like, that was nice. Yeah, versus that like, bad. That was, yeah. man, congratulations. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. awesome. You can, you can tell yeah. the difference. I suppose it was a super fun feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, scary, man. That's what scares me big time. Keith, any luck on the other two questions? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like one of them was who would play you in a movie. Who would play me in a movie? That's really – Was it? Does it have to be like an accurate or could it just no, be anybody? No, it could just you – because I mean like we could you could put it in the hands of a like – I know, I know, definitely know what the third one is, but I think that might be the second. No, one. let's go with that. Then. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. do this. Who, yeah. who would play you in a movie? It doesn't need to be accurate at all. Like if you're just sort of like, uh, it doesn't need to be a you matching you physically. Whatever. Yeah, like you could give it like, what, what's that that film where it's like the person didn't look anything like the person they were playing, but like nailed it. Mandela. Was it Mandela? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the the Bob Dylan movie, kinda. Well, that was had multiple people playing the Bob. Yeah, exactly. But nobody the, like, multiple people playing the Bob Dylan, <laughs> playing the Bob Dylan, but like including like a woman, you know, like. Yeah, that yeah, that was more of an experimental kind of. Yeah, no, but that's but that's what I'm saying. I was like, if you feel yeah. like if you feel that like a so woman which eight would people, do better, it would eight. What eight different actors would you have? Well, I you think like um, maybe Twiggy's based off of there. his old appearance, maybe like Joaquin Phoenix could do it. Uh, I feel like he could get like about re- River. Well, rest in peace. Young Joaquin. Young Joaquin. Young Joaquin, I'm going to go with. But then, like, I'd also maybe like to see Larry David. I think Larry David could do an okay job. but It's out there. Yeah, like, I don't know really any of the hot, like, young actors right now. But then again, I, like, I don't think I look that young. (laughs) What about, like, yeah, I might just go Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix? Aaron Paul, maybe? Melissa Joan Hart. No, but, like but you, I'm not. I'm not. If it was gonna be like a woman playing me, maybe like Ellen Page. I think could probably do a pretty good. That's probably yeah. She could probably do a pretty good uh, me. 
What do you think of Joaquin Phoenix's like when he did the uh, the I'm I'm still here? I think it was a cool idea. Like I I appreciate that he was able to fool people. I've never seen the movie. It's not I mean, bad. I've I like seen it. that uh, segment that he did on Letterman. Yeah, and I quite was Letterman in on that. I don't. Think I he feel was. like he was, but because w- when they met back up after he had shaved and he he gave up the the character, like Letterman seemed kind of n- like the way they were going back and forth. What occurred to me is it seemed like maybe Letterman wasn't in on it. So I also I feel like even if Letterman wasn't in on it, it'd be the kind of thing that he'd be down with ultimately. Of like, course, yeah, but yeah. Like, which is why I think he was in on it. Like I think that like Letterman, and I think that Letterman being mad at him after the fact part is of like it. is part of yeah. it. Yeah, you know, like it's I don't think Letterman breaks kayfabe. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he stays in it, man. He's method, just like. Just like the Undertaker. No, but exactly. But it's just like the whole like it, it reminded me in a way of the the Letterman uh, like Lawler Kaufman sure. thing, kind of thing. Like Letterman was in on it. Ultimately. Yeah. Well, well, what I've read about that though is that he was up. That Letterman was in on that to a certain, to an extent. To an extent. Yeah, exactly. The Kaufman. Uh, the Kaufman. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. So like he might not. But have no, been but apparently he got. He there was though there was a part where he got legit pissed about that, and for a long time uh, Letterman wouldn't have wrestlers on after that. Yeah. Mm. Because of that, like I think it was like they fuck with him too much, and it was yeah. like I think it was like it was too much bullshit. But I get it, like <laughs> you tell Letterman a little bit or tell whoever, but keep some of it to yourself to keep that moment yeah. pure. So the reaction is again coming from that place of uh, honesty, where it's like wow, because then you can play off that. But play like, do you know moment, what I mean? Play like, with the moment. Here's what I'm saying though: is that like if Joaquin Phoenix is in this fucking character all the time, there's like a certain there's like a producer decision, which is like whether however much you know about it, yeah, you're like there's a producer decision being like he's this guy, yeah, this is fucking happening. Do we roll with it or do we not roll with it? Because they can always pull the plug on a guest. Of course, it's like, a film show. You know, they yeah, don't exactly. Need to hear it's that like stuff. there's like a green room situation. But also, or whatever, if like, Letterman's not in on it, he's smart enough to know this is just beautiful. Everyone will be talking about my show. Yeah. Yeah. The next morning, and they did. And look, goddamn it, we're talking about it right now. Yeah. So it was super fun. I, I, my favorite thing out of that whole entire stretch of time was his uh, his forays into rap. I never heard any of the raps. They're very bad. You should yeah. watch the movie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe but, I will. Th- those clips that were like. Yeah, showing up like in the preamble to the movie of him like falling off the stage while terribly rapping. Yeah, like, it's great. Uh, it's on my list. The third question. Yeah, and that second question, I don't know if it was a real question or not. I liked it though. It, it gave now. us a lot it was good. of. Yeah. The third question is it's question point five. It's five If you question. were, uh, if you were to get a tattoo when you were twelve years old, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. What would it be of? So it's like for some reason you're just sort of like your mom is like. Oh, I know totally what it was because I had a plan when I was that age. Exactly. Here it comes. I had a plan. I was going to do barbed wire around (laughs) my leg. (laughs) <laughs> just one, just a, just a strap of barbed wire. I don't know, like maybe re- realistic maybe barbed wire or the strap. tribal barbed wire. No, I think it was going to be. I'm pretty sure. Now I could be wrong. It's because I saw um, pictures of the Sandman yeah, in wrestling <laughs> magazines, and he had that. I was like, wow, that's the coolest. Yeah, it was. Sure, it sure was. Yeah, and it he, was the and coolest. He, and he has legit barbed wire, not that weird tribal barbed. Yeah, wire. no, that's not what that I Randy wanted. Orton barbed. That's wire. what I wanted. But I think Pam Anderson also has barbed wire around her arm or something. You gotta so get real barbed. Tri- when you said I'm gonna get a tattoo of barbed wire, I. It was going to be the box cover of the art of barbed wire. My head, my head went yeah. to Pam Anderson before yeah. it went to actual barbed wire. No, that's, that's like the answer. Pic- that's like the, the that's the cleanest answer I'll give. Is just like, oh, I remember what just it is. Think of barbed wire. Just one barbed wire. It was like a around your leg. It was around my leg. Yeah, calf or like thigh. A calf. calf. It was like mid calf. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I remember perfectly. And you were like, "This is going to be hardcore. It's going to be hardcore. This is going to be my never, new life. It'll be timeless." It would have been timeless, timeless, and then I would have inspired a whole generation of other kids, 12 years old, to want to get one strand of barbed wire around the leg. Think of the amount of 
he's hardcore chance. You you you've missed out on. Yeah, and you know what? I'm You'd really s- happy it didn't happen. <laughs> you were really happy. <laughs> if anyone ever ever saw the tattoo, they would just start at this is hardcore. And it would have been great just as like growing up, like if someone did hassle me, I just pull my pen like you want you want to mess with me? Look at this. Look at this. One tattoo. strand. I don't need ten. One strand. One strand. I'm hardcore. Did you ever get any tattoos at all? Or was never. It? I've never, never had a tattoo. It's not something that really interests me. I'm not. Uh, and, you, and you must have seen your fair share of horrendous tattoos. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How can you not? We live in yeah, Quebec. Uh, there's you, a you lot live in of Quebec. And we pro wrestle. We surround yeah. ourselves with mostly naked men. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bad tattoos. Uh, no, I'm not anti-tattoo. I just can't. I don't feel like they'd look good on me, and it's just not something I'd want to put up with. Yeah. Yeah. So last week we had on the show Chris Vendito, okay, uh, so up and coming, up and coming Montreal stand up, and he wants to know uh, what is the proudest moment from your preteen childhood. My pr- proudest moment from your preteen childhood. Wow, that's an awesome question. Going way back. Proudest moment. Not getting the barbed wire tattoo. Not getting the barbed wire. That's a good one. I can reflect <laughs> on that now being like, retrospectively, that was a great... By the way, just to sort of go back to that for a second, were, yeah. you, were you gonna ask your mom, or like, were you gonna like ask? I, I would openly tell her, this is the kind of tattoo I'm gonna get when I'm a big boy. Oh, you would talk about it? Yeah, I said, like, I wanna get like, barbed wire. I'm gonna be wire. six foot tall and ripped. Because I knew my mom would be cool enough as I got older to be like, okay, you want a tattoo? You can have it. Uh, I'm sure she just humored it. Knowing that's like, nice. knowing yeah, yeah that's, oh, that sounds great. What'd your yeah. mom call you, James? Jimmy? Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, my whole family called me Jimmy growing up. <laughs> that's cute. Did you uh, grow up here? Or? No, I grew up like up north, right near St. Sever, like so ski country. Right. Why yeah. are you so English? I, I went to, I grew up in an English house and I went to English school. Right. All my friends were English. Yeah. There's a little English school up there. Also, your last yeah. name is McGee. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, get so more English that. than yeah. James. Well, like you, McGee. Didn't, you grew up up there. Yeah, you know what? It's just an anomaly. My, my, friend, my friend Jenna Woods, also super Anglo. I've, uh, we went to the same high school. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So she went to Laurentian but also Regional English, High School. Like her I French think. isn't great. Like, yeah, mine's not either, which is tough. Because <laughs> oh, I guess I, Laurentians are Anglo, kind of English. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a, a like there's pockets of English yeah. people around. So at high school, they shipped us off all to the same <laughs> school. Like yeah. my bus ride to high school was like an hour and a half. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, man. It was each way, each way, brother. What? Good God! So your proudest moment, the country. proudest moment growing up in the Laurentians. Man, like I I remember being really really proud of like my wrestling action figure collection. Like That's being so proud of like that I had all of them. Really proud of that. I was proud of like my knowledge of wrestling as a kid. So when kids want to talk about wrestling, I remember being like, "You don't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> Who's the first champion ever?" Uh, yeah, I would say that. Like any, like my knowledge of wrestling or my like wrestling, because that's all I cared about when I was a kid. So you know, I remember, like I can remember because you know I got like I got into it like in the sort of like the, the mid nineties. Right? Yeah, and what looking back on it now, I remember getting a lot of disinformation, getting a lot of sure. erroneous facts. You know, uh, conjecture. Why didn't you call the phone number? Conjecture and rumors spread as, as as facts. Well, especially like in that mid nineties, like, like when the boom is starting, like rumors running wild. Yeah, like how the current Undertaker is not in fact the the undertaker who started there was like but it was it was Ultimate it was Warriors. the fake undertaker yeah. who would then Re- replace the real yeah. Undertaker. and people and like i remember the kids were like no that's true it's not the original yeah. undertaker and i'm like really like how yeti was actually yeti was actually giant gonzalez so would you would you giant like would you hear this stuff and then just dispel uh, that? you know it's weird i never heard that stuff until i got a computer which was late like around the year 2000 
I was like, I can't believe people thought there were many ultimate. Like, I never once thought that there were fake Ultimate Warriors or fake Undertakers. I always felt like, oh, this is the same guy. But I just believed. Like, I had no time to think about, like, what's real and what's fake when it came to wrestling, you know. I would, if they told me to jump, I'd say how high. Like, when kids would bash wrestling, I'd lose my mind, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, man. I was just all in. Whatever they fed me is truth. I accepted. I was a good I don't good, know. <clears throat> my dad, fan. I think because I was, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't have Santa Claus and yeah. whatever and all that. Or and, Hulk Hogan. Or Hulk Hogan. No, wow. but it's true, though. Like, my, my, dad, my dad fucking broke kayfabe for me, like, super early, super young. He was like, it's not real, but it's still super impressive. Yeah. Like, like my dad, my, I watched tons and tons and tons of wrestling for my dad with my dad yeah like, it wasn't like my dad was like shitting on the product yeah. but like i think he used it as a way to justify showing your kid something that violent like because well, well, you know totally. like, <laughs> like yeah. he, he wasn't trying to like put it over as real he was like listen these guys are actually buddies they're putting on the show of feel a like fight. this is a show you're watching a exactly TV that's show. it like, so it's but like, i knew that too but even when like kids were like oh it's fake it's like i would try to convince them that it was real <laughs> Like even though I knew it was fake, I do that. Uh, yeah, I do that. I do that with. I do that now. Yeah, <laughs> I do that now to people. Like I, I'm, I do, like when I get the, like when they'll find out that I yeah. like wrestling. Yeah, and then we'll try to do the. But it's fake. But it's why do you? And I'm yeah. like, and I and I'm just, I just do the sorry what, and I pretend like it's the first time I'm finding yeah. out that this suggestion. No, no, that no, no. They, they I'm like, hate each other. No, and then I'll pull up pictures of people with injuries. Yeah, and pe- people bleeding. I'm like. How is yeah. this fake? How why is this fake? Why is Daniel, Daniel Bryan – why did why he, he retire? Why What are you talking why, about? Why did he retire? Well, like, my thing now is just, like, I can't believe people still feel a need to, as to where we're at. Like, it's 2016. Like, if you tell people and they go, oh, you know, it's fake, like, who doesn't know? Like, <laughs> it, do, do you not know <laughs> that people know? Like, it's just like, but, man, yeah. let people have their shit. Like, I'm not a Star Wars guy at all. You know, like when people are just like bashing stuff just because other people are yeah, into yeah, it, yeah. and I secretly think it's just because they want to be into it. They feel excluded. It's like when the playoffs come around and everyone's into the Habs and stuff. Well, not Habs. this year, um, <laughs> but then like people have like a hate on. Oh, here we go. The sports team one. It's like, dude, let people have their stuff. I don't care what you like. Let like, them have, let, let them have your thing. Yeah, like. man. I don't care what people are into, man. I do improv, and that's like the dorkiest type of performance ever. <laughs> and more people will still be like. Oh, but wrestling is fake, you know? It's yeah. like, man, I can't. You can't please everybody. It's just like let people have their stuff. It's too much, man. Someone uh, someone on Reddit, wasn't, it wasn't even in the, the wrestling Reddit. It was, on, yeah. it was on Shower Thoughts. It was just like, it was like someone who says, I don't like wrestling because it's fake should only watch like NASA videos instead of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. You know, you're just like, I only, I only watch real star, real space videos like Hubble. Yeah, but I like, don't watch Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars man. is bullshit. That's fake. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Televised wrestling is quite bad. Three hours of Raw is very hard for me. It's yeah. very hard. But then me, I like an yeah. hour of Lucha Underground. That's like yeah. no replays. <laughs> like, like no replays and dragons are yeah. real. Lucha Underground. Like, well, I don't need someone to bash wrestling for me. I do it enough myself. It's yeah. like, man, if I want to hear about how crappy it is, <laughs> I'll talk to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like, there's, like, but there's problems with anything. Like, you have people, like, like, the flip side of that is you have people who are, like, continually saying 
that they're going to stop watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. They're like, oh, they, they, they killed this person and they did this to this person and, and like whatever. And I was like, you sound like a Mark. Yeah, just you're a, Game of Thrones, you're a Game of Thrones Mark. You're going to tune in next spring Daniel just like Bryan everybody else. Win. I'm not going to watch anymore. <laughs> like, well, maybe if you character- hang in, he'll win later on because yeah. it's fun to watch the bad guys struggle or the good guys struggle. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the, I just I, that's it. Fandoms of anything. Yeah, uh, we're coming up on five thirty. Okay, we hit fifty minutes. We're gonna do the. Do we get? We're, we're gonna, gonna run do, through. We gotta do the question tonight. We gotta do. Oh shit! Twiggy's question. Twiggy's got to ask the fucking question. Yeah. we almost jumped out over it. Okay, like get your uh, shit in. how about this one? Like, uh, what uh, what would be your you're on like death row? What's your last meal? Has that ever been said before? Might have been, but not to the Let's guests try that we're going to have. What's your last meal? You have no limits. You can have whatever you want. Your last What's meal. What's your last meal? See, I got into this debate on Facebook a while, a while ago about this with someone because like, I read an article once. I feel like I read something once where that said that your last meal could only – is limited to yeah. the stuff that – the, the, the ingredients or whatever food is on hand at the prison. Really? Yeah. Like, and it could be like a variation thereof, like a nicer variation than you're but you can't be like, hey, can I have a, like, a Whopper? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it But I think you can. I think yeah. you can also, like, most Good question, fast, though. Most fast food I'm stuff. leaving. <laughs> Walter's storming out. He's storming out. Not really a good question. <laughs> 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 what would yours be? Well, uh, we'll wrap. What would yours? My last meal? That would be tough, man. Like, I'd probably maybe want, like, an ocean of flavor, like, a bit of everything. Like, maybe, like, give me a quarter of a club sandwich, <laughs> uh, like a McDonald's cheeseburger, maybe, like, uh. When you said that, I was thinking, they, I don't know if they still have it, but the Oyster Shack next next door has a, a, a dish that's, I think, meant to be eaten for people. Okay. Called the Tidal Wave. Which is basically every seafood. Ocean of flavor. Every seafood yeah. you could have just on a well, that's, great big tray. I think tray. that's what I would do is like maybe like a bit of Chinese food or maybe some Korean food, maybe a plate of pasta. Just like all little samples of everything. So it's like I, I went out knowing that I got a bit of everything I like. All right. Yeah. I was like the thing I would probably go for even though I, I, don't, I don't have any reason to believe that it tastes very good. There's that like – there's that weird delicacy where it's like a bird, like soaked, Quail? but it's like it's soaked in like it's like drowned in alcohol. Oh, yeah, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah, it's illegal. Wow, okay, and and you're supposed to you're supposed to eat it underneath a head covering. It's illegal, and you hide your face. You 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 hide you, your you, face from God as you're eating. Yeah, it. exactly. You like have to eat it under a sheet, sand or whatever. Yeah, the bird is. It's it's very much illegal, and it was featured on the show Hannibal. Yeah. Or would you get messed up if you eat it no. under? No, no, no. You don't get messed up. It's, it's just, just, it's, it's just it's, more it's, of a shame thing. It's really – exactly. It's it's very cruel to the bird. Is it alive? When it drowns, yeah. You like it in it? You drown it alive. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought you meant like it's plucked, it's cooked, and then – okay. What kind of bird is it? I don't know. It's a very small one. You eat the whole it's bird too. It's I think it's – But an, that doesn't even sound real. Pleasant or real like <laughs> – but yeah. like, but why? Like that's. I mean, why would I, you do I, it? As a, I'm judging people no, for judging I, people I, who I, like wrestling. I'm <laughs> judging people who like dead. No, no, no. Birds, for sure, so. for sure. It sounds like it sounds awful, and I don't have a, like a true desire to eat it. But I'm yeah. just saying. But if you're gonna like throw open the limitations that I'm about to die, I'm gonna be like, you're gonna go big. Exactly. I'm like, there's a thing where it's eating an endangered species of bird yeah. that was like horribly drowned in cognac or whatever. Do this and it cuts your mouth open because you're eating beak and bone. And you have to hide your head because you're like shielding yourself from God. I'm like, I want this yeah. to be my. Fi- I want as much of a production of my final meal. Well, this as is possible. one of those things where it's like I don't. 
agree, but I can appreciate. Yeah, exactly. I don't, and, and I'm like I said, I wouldn't, and that's it's it doesn't come from a desire to actually try it. It comes from a desire to have my final meal yeah. be as like as fucking ridiculous as possible to be like. So he did this really weird fucking thing. yeah. Exactly. And then you're gonna be on like those top ten lists <laughs> that you see on like BuzzFeed or whatever forever. Exactly. Beyond, like, you won't believe number what seven's final meal. What this guy ate on his last meal? Bird drowned in, in booze. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we're going to run it, run, run it down one more time. Do you have anything yeah. else you want to plug? Because, I mean, you have your, your show tonight, 8 o'clock, Mainline Theater. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'm going to run through the gamut of things. Right, so, again, uh, one more time, uh, solo piece, Le Merveille and Marvelous World, The Banum Caramel. It's one-man solo comedy uh, taking place tonight at 8 o'clock. Tickets are 15 bucks. It's taking place at Mainline Theater as part of the Solos Festival. Then you can come uh, see me and a whole bunch of other talented wrestlers in the squared circle at Battle War 34, Sunday, April 17th, at Fun Electric. Uh, doors open at 7 shows at 8 o'clock. Tickets are 15 bucks. And then at any given time, you can see me at the Montreal Improv Theater doing my comedy thing. Shows take place there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Pop in. If I'm not around, you'll see something good. Awesome. Thanks for coming out, Twiggy. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, guys. Always. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh, man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for Comics on Wednesdays, Podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's Art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working. Why should you?